830 WEEU Reading. It's a bluebird day here in Jack's backyard. So come on in and chat with us a while. It's time for Jack's Backyard on the Voice of Berks County, 8.30 a.m. WEEU. expressed on this show are not necessarily those of the staff, management, ownership, or sponsors of 8.30 a.m. WEEU. And now, here's the host of Jack's Backyard, Jack Holcomb. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Good morning and uh, happy March to everyone. And welcome to the ongoing saga of Jack's Backyard, right here on WEEU, the voice of Berks County and beyond. The gate swings open for everyone as we begin another class with Mother Nature. Jack Holcomb here, along with producer Sean Tansky, eager to listen and learn from you on this Saturday morning. I know you remember the telephone numbers, but just in case... 610-374-8800 or toll-free 888-401-0459. And by the way, before I forget it, please keep a pencil and paper handy. Uh, there's uh, an address, an email address that I want to pass along shortly, and I, I think we had interest in this as shown by some emails, so uh, please do that for me, Okay. Kind of a fickle week weather-wise, so I hope you got outside to enjoy the early signs of spring. A good number of emails this week, and I thank you. Short-eared owls, flocks of robins, red-winged blackbirds, and even a says Phoebe in Lancaster County. I remind you again, those uh, bluebird houses should be cleaned and the vacancy sign put out right now. Don't wait any longer. Also, be sure the hummingbird feeders are clean and ready to go. I forgot to mention the uh, great photos received as well. Uh, the email address, of course, is jkhbird at aol.com. That's jkhbird at aol.com. The postal address, J. 
Jack's Backyard, WEEU 34, North 4th Street, Reading, Pennsylvania, 19601. So there you have it. The stage is set. Sean and I ready for your calls on the second day of March, which, by the way, came in like a, a lamb, I, I, I believe. So um, what do you have to share with us this morning? Hmm? All righty. Let's start with our current events. That's what we do every Saturday morning about this time. And we'll uh, start with a cancellation. The uh, Berks Community Strollers will not be strolling today because of the weather. Berks Community Strollers will not be strolling today. Next Saturday, they'll be strolling the East Branch Brandywine Trail. Meet at 10 o'clock at... uh, 1355 Downingtown Pike in Downingtown, Pennsylvania. Follow Route 82 South to Route 322 East into Downingtown. As you leave the borough of Downingtown, a Wawa will be on your left as you cross into West Bradford Township and pass under the Trestle Bridge. Parking will be on your left. If you need more information, you can contact Linda. 610-451-9935. That's Linda. 610-451-9935. Burke's Community Strollers East Branch Brandywine Trail. That is next Saturday. Well, let's see. The Baird Ornithological Club. They have a program coming up on uh, Friday, uh, March 8th, that is. A Defense of the Unholy Trio. Bernard Billy Brown, nature writer for Grid Magazine, co-host of Urban Wildlife Podcast, and co-founder of the local nature hub, phillynature.org. Pigeons, starlings, house sparrows are the most abundant and easily observed birds in urban settings. And they can be entertaining, too, to watch and listen. So find out more about the unholy trio. This is a virtual program now, and I mean the Zoom program, streaming only, no in-house meeting for the Baird Ornithological Club, and that will be next Friday at 7 p.m. For more information, you can go to, and this is the email address, burksornithological.club, burksornithological.club, that's all one word, Dot club, or you can Google Baird Club for more information. Now, they have a field trip scheduled for tomorrow, March 3rd, uh, at Lake Onolani, Introduction to Spring Waterfowl, and that will be at 12 noon. Meet at the Dam Breast on Route 73 to carpool to the different areas of the lake. Bring a spotting scope if you have one. Don't forget your binoculars. And experienced birders with scopes will be there to help you get really good looks. Rudy Keller, the man about birds, will be leading that stroll or that walk tomorrow. 12 noon, Lake Ontolani, meet at the Dam Breast on Route 73. Speaking of the Baird Club and Burke's Nature, you can join Baird and Burke's Nature for a highly interactive workshop 
uh, to explore the and understand the colorful world of birds. And that will be Wednesday, March 13th, so you can check your calendar now. March 13th, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Nature Place. It is absolutely free of charge for everyone. Join Baird and Burks for a highly interactive workshop to explore and understand the colorful world of birds. And Burke's Nature will be providing light drinks and refreshments. Speaking of Burke's Nature, let's see what they have going this, uh, this coming week as I turn the page. On March 5th, that would be Tuesday, 10 to 11.30 a.m., Trail Tykes, Bird Feeders, $10 per person. Burke's Nature created the Trail Hikes program to get you and your child outside for quality time, learning in, and exploring the great outdoors. Now, this is aimed at children uh, ages 3 to 5. Tuesday, March 5th, Trail Tykes, Bird Feeders, 10 to 11.30 a.m. And also on March 9th, that would be next week, next Saturday, from 10 to 11.30, Hike the Preserves Gravity Trail at 1800 Forest Street in Reading. On this adult-focused hike, we'll stroll along the Gravity Trail, taking inspiration from the surrounding urban forest and creating sketches along the way. Now, to find out more on all of the programs, just go to berksnature.org, berksnature.org, for more information. The Lancaster County Bird Club is offering three field trips in March, the public invited free of charge, and uh, pre-registration by 6 p.m. the day before. Now, today, March 2nd, at 4 p.m., a program for beginning birders and other birders offered at Middle Creek. Bring binoculars, or binoculars will be available. So that's today at 4 at Middle Creek. And then let's see, uh, on Saturday, March 9th, next week, John Lair will lead a late afternoon and evening trip to Middle Creek for American woodcock and waterfowl. The start time for that is 4.30 p.m. The main objective, to hear and view the courtship display of the American woodcock. For more information on all of the programs, simply go to LancasterBirdClub.org, LancasterBirdClub.org. Hawk Mountain is continuing their Artisan Series, and tomorrow, March 3rd, 10 a.m. to 12.30 p.m., The Art of Trees, $30. Explore graphite, ink, or watercolor as you illustrate the beautiful trees of the mountain. And you have to register, of course, 10 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. tomorrow at Hawk Mountain. And to register, just go to hawkmountain.org, hawkmountain.org. Next Saturday from uh, 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m., Mountain with a Checkered Past Acrylic Painting Workshop. The cost is $18, and if you want to try acrylic painting, bring a 12 by 12 canvas and learn to create a piece of art worthy of hanging. And again, you need to register for all of the programs at Hawk Mountain, and you do so by going to hawkmountain.org. And finally today, I want to remind you folks, especially the runners and walkers, I had an email from Bob Madeira about the uh, wild goose chase will be held again this year at Middle Creek Wildlife Management Area, and that will be held on August 31st, but you can find out more 
by going to jogger7 at ptd.net. That's jogger7 at ptd.net. And we'll give you more information as we move closer to that date. And a wild goose chase at the Middle Creek Wildlife Management Area. And that will do it for our current events. That's all I have this morning. Remember, if your organization is sponsoring any kind of nature happening, I'd love to publicize it for you. Costs you absolutely nothing. But I need the information. And the best way to get it to me is through my email, which is jkhbird at aol.com. jkhbird at aol.com. If you don't have a computer or know someone who has, uh, you can put the information on a postcard. Be sure it's legible. Uh, or a letter. And send it to Jack's Backyard, W-E-E-U, 34 North 4th Street, Reading, Pennsylvania, 19601. Jack's Backyard, W-E-E-U, 34 North 4th Street, Reading, Pennsylvania, 19601. So there you have it. That'll bring us up to date. Our telephone number is 610. 374-8800, out of the area, toll-free, 888-401-0459. So let's get underway. I like to do that. Let's start proceedings by uh, staying in Reading and saying good morning to John. John, how are you today? Jack, I'm doing very well. I wanted to congratulate you on your 23 years of having the backyard on the air. Thank you. Appreciate and that. Uh, Jack, I used to listen to the radio a lot when I was growing up in the 1960s, and I remember hearing you on way back then in the 1960s. Do you, do you know how long you have been on WEU? This is my uh, going into my 68th year. Well, that is, that is incredibly wonderful, <laughs> and I wanted you, you have to be the, uh, the longest continuous radio personality in Reading Radio history. Uh, there, there can't be anybody on any longer than you. Am, am I correct? I, I, I really don't know, but I think you're right. Uh, I, I, oh, I guess maybe five or ten years ago uh, I talked with someone about that, and they, that's what they said at that time. So I, I guess that's right on the money, John. Well, I am a new listener to your program, and it's uh, a very good program. But I, uh, I, and, and one other thing, do you know... Do you know the exact date when you started? October 24th, 1965. 1965. Oh, wait, wait. No, no, I'm sorry. 56. October 24th, 1956. Wow. Because I, I can remember uh, from about 1960 on up. I'm 70 years old, and uh, I can't remember much before 1960. But uh, I do know that I, I used to listen to, I was a real radio DXer mm -hmm. in my childhood, and I listened to, to all kinds of stations, AM, shortwave, FM, and I do, I, I do remember you being on back then, and I just wanted to, to know if, if you knew exactly how long you were on. So thank you very much, Jack, and uh, keep up the good work with your program. John, thank you for your kind words, and I appreciate the call this morning. You stay okay, well. Thank you very much, Jack. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. This is The Backyard right here. Saturday mornings, Saturday mornings, between Animal Radio and Classic Rock, which comes your way following the 10 o'clock news. And don't forget, Phillies-Yankees baseball this afternoon, 1 o'clock, right here 
on your sports leader. And right now it is time to say good morning to Nancy. Nancy, how are you today? I'm doing okay. How are you? Well, pretty good, thank you. Good to hear from you. Yes. I had a call the other week about a lady who, uh, with her bluebirds, I'm calling in about a bluebird boxes, and uh, she's been having problems with sparrows, of course, going in there and killing the bluebirds. And I don't know why the uh, Bluebird Society doesn't recommend this, but I know many people who have the two holes in one birdhouse. Uh, in other words, the front hole comes when you buy it. Make the identical thing on the side of the house. That way, if any predator comes in and wants to get the bluebirds, they have an exit hole. And not only that, I, uh, over many years of doing this, I have... In the beginning, I didn't know uh, any different, but um, because of the heat, they actually just fried in the box. You know, when you have five babies in there and it gets like 100 degrees out. So it's also ventilation. But uh, I told her about that, and she thought that was a good idea. But for people that want to, you know, get their boxes out or get them cleaned up, put an extra hole in the side. Whatever is on the front of the box, do the identical size um, and... um, I, actually, my husband started making it an inch and a quarter instead of an inch and a half hole, uh, which seemed to, seems to work as well. So uh, I know people want bluebirds, but I think it's uh, a good idea to read up on it first, but um, do some research on it. But uh, the, the two-hole box really works well. Hey. Um, uh, have you addressed this to the the Bluebird, the National Bluebird Society, or whatever it's called? Well, this has been going on for at least the last 10, 15 years, well, maybe 15 years that people have been doing this. So I'm sure that they're aware of it. And I don't know what the objection would be other than maybe in the wintertime, uh, the birds, you know, roost in there some. Mine, mine never roost in my box. Um, but the ventilation, I mean, is, is a very... Important thing mm-hmm. uh, to have in summertime when it's hot. Right. Um, you know, I tried to, the, the, in the beginning when they had put plexiglass on the roof to keep the sparrows out and to um, put the wire on the uh, string in the front to keep the you know the sparrows out. I don't have problems with sparrows anymore. I don't know that they like the sec- second hole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it seems to be working very well for me um, over the years. So I just want to pass that on and also. I watched a program not too long ago about houseboats and how they actually burn, they take a torch and they burn the wood to keep it from insects and having to paint it stuff. So that's what I did to my birdhouses. I, uh, um, rather than, you don't want to paint them because, you know, know. it's forever painting them. But I just like scorched the outside of the box and it looks like an old, um, antique look. Yeah, they, they like the natural look. Yes. You don't need to paint your box. So uh, I was telling her about that. I said that way, you know, you don't have the maintenance of having to keep up the outside. And it actually does, it works. You know, it keeps insects away and it it gives it that rustic look. So I just want to pass that information on. Uh, If you want to have success, I'm not saying you're going to not have success, but, you know, with the two bot holes, but you have a more better success uh, by having the two holes in the box. so Very good. I'm glad you passed that along, Nancy. Okay, well, okay, you have a good day. I hope so. You too. I'm going to try. Bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to The Backyard, and let's move merrily along. Let's see where we are here. First I have to push this button, and then I push this button. 
And good morning, Audrey. How are you today? Well, well, I'm sort of cranky today, but uh, yesterday, not yesterday, the day before, I had my first bluebird. Wonderful. I had figured maybe a a Tyler Arboretum, I finally would see one, but uh, I look out on my deck and I had put some new mix out there, but I had a very good assortment. And I look out from an angle because my deck is right off the kitchen, and there it was. And I'm like, maybe that that's a eastern tohi, and I'm just getting the coloring wrong. No, no, it was a bluebird with the, the, with, the, with all the perfect coloring, and then I couldn't find my camera, <laughs> cell phone, and I got a picture from behind, and, and when I looked at it, it was like blue, blue, blue. Great. So I in the back. So I was. Uh, I have now. I'm up to 44. Wonderful. So you and truly had a bluebird day. I surely did. And then I went down to our local Wild Birds Unlimited yesterday, and. Uh, there was people standing in line, and they were talking about bluebirds. And I said, oh, I just saw my first bluebird. And, and we were talking about butterflies and everything. But, and then there was a lady who had a, uh, a, a bird camera at her, on her, uh, on her deck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, oh, geez, do you sell them? They said, no, we don't sell them here. And I was like, and the picture she got was wonderful. So now um I was doing some reading that the females come a week later, so maybe I might see a female come through. But on the deck round, I what were I they? Was, what were they eating, Audrey? Um, I had a nut berry mix. Okay, they, they love they like sunflower chips in addition to the mealworms. If you want to uh, really attract them, you better put out some mealworms. They really enjoy those, but so do the other birds. But now, do I have to wet them? You can live or dry. I don't know which ones you prefer. Some people don't like the dry mealworms. Other people prefer the live mealworms. So it's but up to you. I've bought dry ones a couple of years ago. If I buy dry ones, should I wet them? I have never. I have no idea. I don't believe so. Oh, okay. Um, is it? Should I try? It, if I wanted to put a box up. Could that be on the deck or on the ladder? No, I, I would put, no, it has to be if near, near a fairly open spot at the edge of your yard or the edge of a field, whatever it is, uh, f- three to five feet above the ground. Okay. Usually on a post. The squirrels wouldn't mess with it? Uh, you can put a baffle on it and they, they'll stay away. Oh, yeah. Well, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so I just wanted to share that. I, I finally joined the uh, I've Seen a Bluebird Club. Very good. Very really good. So I wanted to share that with you and everybody. And I liked what Nancy said earlier. That makes so much sense that they have, it gets the heat out and it's a way yeah. for those bluebirds to escape. Yeah, it's a good idea, you know, to, to, to put several, you know, little air holes in, in your box, drill a few very, very small, just to, so the air can circulate. Okay. That's important too, but you don't you don't have to you know make it a <laughs> with like a, a, a pumping bag or a pin bag with all the holes, but just put a couple in so there's some circulation. Okay. Well, now now I have to join the eagle club because I haven't seen an eagle yet. I'm still waiting to see my eagle. Though I did see a flock of crows. I think it was crows, 
and there was about 200 of them, and they're, they're, they're squawking in the tree over near our township building. Mm-hmm. And there are a whole bunch of trees, and then once the one starts flying, they all start flying, they're quiet. Then he moved to another tree, like 30 seconds later, they start all over again. It was like the movie from Hitchcock's Bird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, have a great day. I will if you will, and I wish you an eagle. Okay, thank you. Take right. care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 610-374-8800, out of the area. It is toll-free, 888-401-0459. And, my goodness, there's a line open for you, you, and you, too. Almost every evening on the news, we hear about a home or business that has sustained a fire, flood, or some other disaster that disrupts lives in a tragic way. What would you do if this happened to you? Hi, this is Skip Bell of Service Master Restore. We have been restoring properties and peace of mind since 1994. For emergency cleanup, restoration, and reconstruction services, call Service Master Restore at 610-374-1881. Service Master, masters of service, serving the master. PA 4208. Are you feeling hungry? Then come to Why I'm Missing Bakery and Restaurant for breakfast or lunch. The best bakery and buffet in Berks County. With fresh fried chicken to homemade donuts, they got you covered. And you can even order off the menu. Everything is fresh, never frozen, and always homemade from scratch. The Why I'm Missing Restaurant and Bakery is open daily from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. For the full menu and specials, go to whyimmissingrestaurantandbakery.com. Get your feast on today, located at 1245 Penn Avenue in why am missing? Dog is Family Canine Training, located at Godfrey's Welcome to Dogdom, offers a Puppy Start Right Foundation training course designed for puppies 7 to 12 weeks of age. This innovative program was designed and written by veterinarian professionals who realize that appropriate early training and socialization will help keep a dog in their forever home. The number one reason for relinquishment to a shelter is behavior or training problems. Puppy Start Right gets you and your new puppy off on the right paw. Classes are ongoing, so you can start anytime. DIFK9.com. If you need new windows or doors, Deluxe is the place to go. Let the Dennis family at Deluxe Window and Door update your home with beautiful maintenance-free windows and doors. Deluxe Window and Door is a local award-winning family business for over 69 years. Deluxe has windows and doors in all price ranges, expert installers, and a beautiful showroom at 2101 Penn Avenue in West Lawn. Visit their website at deluxewindowanddoor.com. Join the Reading Royals for their Reading Red Knights and Superhero Weekend Series against the Adirondack Thunder on March 1st and 2nd. Enjoy a player trading card giveaway with a post-game autograph session when the Royals change their name and colors to the Red Knights to honor the Reading School District on March 1st before Superheroes visit Santander Arena on March 2nd. The Royals, Reading Red Knights, and Superhero Weekend Series on March 1st and 2nd. Tickets available at RoyalsHockey.com. Your WEEU Greater Berks Region Allergy, Air Quality, and Health Report. All the warm days, the final week of February helped kick off our allergy season. Yes, Thursday was colder again, but then right back up we go the first days of March, and we're seeing low levels of juniper allergen in our air. Generally good air quality otherwise, some rainfall Saturday temporarily bumping up mold spores for a bit as we dry out. Illness-wise, we've seen COVID tick up back to elevated levels just to our north in Schuylkill County, but still generally low in Berks and the Lehigh Valley. Flu, generally low in Pennsylvania, but high to our east in New York City. And that norovirus stomach bug high all across the northeast. I'm Monsoon Mike. The Voice, 830 WEEU Weather.
Here is the exclusive three-day AccuWeather forecast. Some rain and drizzle today, the high at 50. Areas of fog and cloudy tonight, low 43. Clouds tomorrow morning, some breaks of sun by the afternoon. The high tomorrow, 66. Monday, variable cloudiness. The high Monday afternoon, 63. This is Steve Williams reporting for News Talk 830 WEEU. Back to more of your calls on Jack's Backyard, here on The Voice, 8.30 a.m. W.E.E.U. That would be us at uh, 8.28. That's the good morning time. By the way, uh, I want to thank Kim for passing this along. Our good friends at the uh, Lehigh Valley Zoo are mourning the uh, uh, death of their 16-year-old female ostrich, Emmy. Emmy arrived at the zoo in 2008 along with Bain, LV Zoo's male ostrich. Shortly after arrival, the duo was introduced to the Lehigh Valley Zoo's two female Grant's zebras, with whom they shared an exhibit for the past 15 years. So condolences to the folks at the Lehigh Valley Zoo on the passing of Emily the ostrich. Emmy, Emmy the ostrich. Thank you, Kim, for sharing that. Right now it is uh, 29 minutes past the hour of uh, 8 o'clock. I guess I'll save this because we have the one, the only, the likable uh, Bill Urich is on the line right now to give us a, a, a look at what he's been doing this week. Bill, good morning. How are you? Oh, feeling a little drizzly this morning. Yes, just a little bit. <laughs> oh, chilly. Oh, damp. I hope it clears up for that bird walk tomorrow at Lake Onolani because uh, that's Sort of looking forward to seeing what waterfowl starts coming in. Um, I, I heard somebody had an osprey out out around there. Uh, so things are starting to move. So things are happening. Very good, yes. But, yeah, I've been, um, you know, I, I might have gotten bit by this atlasing bug. <laughs> Not so much that I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, going, you know, into the bush and just, you know, going totally native and, and, and getting all, you know, nesty and atlasy. But I started to look at some, some nesting records, and um, especially since I had that Cooper's hawk, like carrying those branching material, uh, nest material at uh, Charles Evans Cemetery. And, um, and, and, I was started to look at the past atlases because, uh, you know, we had the atlases that were running from 1983 to 1989, which was the first atlas, and then the second atlas was 2004 to 2009. So this atlas is going to run, you know, five years, uh, you know, 20 years later mm-hmm. from, from the other one. But, uh, yeah, so I was thinking, you know, that we, we think of Cooper's Hawks nesting now, and I, was, and I don't... I, I was thinking just off the top of my head, even though I sort of knew that sharpshinned hawks would doubtless nest in Berks County at some point. But you know, there is a contingent of sharpshinned hawks that are records nesting records in Berks County, which kind of is a little bit surprising because that gives us an idea that it's a more northern species, um, and it's kind of we get that Appalachian thing going through here, and so mm-hmm. uh, the sharpshinned hawk needs more unbroken woodland, whereas the Cooper's hawk seems to enjoy the the fragmented um, woodlands and deciduous woodlands, which we we have an abundance of here in, in Berks County. And my backyard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you do you have nesting Cooper's hawks in your yard? No, not nesting, but they're there all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
well, maybe you will have some nesting in your in your in your area in your backyard. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it's so I, I w- wanted to really take a look, and but, uh, the atlases do show that indeed in um, Berks County there are sharpshinned hawks nesting, and you know the first thing we think about is that okay they must be nesting up along the Blue Mountain, which they do, but you know the Hopewell Woods, the big woods uh, in southern Berks County. They've been nesting. They've been recorded nesting there in the in the last uh, few atlases. And I one one thing that I was fascinated by was that if you look at the nest the uh, atlas for Berks County, uh, the atlas results, the sharpshin hawk and surprisingly the broad-winged hawk, you can almost overlay those nesting records. So they have the almost exact same nesting requirements in Berks County. Uh, Sharpshin hawk and the Broadman hawk. I'm sort of like going in a kind of a roundabout way here because I was wondering how an exhibitor and a beautio would, you know, coexist mm-hmm, in the same mm-hmm. areas. And um, well, lo and behold, and uh, we took a walk at Charles Evans again, and we saw uh, a pair of red-tailed hawks sitting high up in a in a, a Norwegian spruce tree up in a, a cemetery. I think, well, now this is going to be interesting, and that's something to keep an eye on. Are these red-tailed hawks? Because I don't recall they must have nested in Charles Evans. Yes, yes. But I I don't recall. Well, I do, but I don't recall seeing. I I, I can't recall. I can't rely on my memory right now. (laughs) But uh, it's going to be interesting to see if uh, I'm going to be looking for that, if there's an active red-tailed hawk nest in Charles Evans Cemetery, along with an active Cooper's Hawk nest. I mean, obviously, they, they prey on different things. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's going to be too much of a clash of civilizations there. But um, it'll be interesting to see two, you know, fairly large raptor species nesting within, you know, several hundred yards of each other and seeing how those uh, interact and how they, they uh, get along or don't get along throughout the nesting season. So that's something I'm looking a little bit forward to. Um, but when I was looking at the red-tailed hawks, that now that is like the most successful hawk, nesting hawk that we have in Berks County. Yes, I mean, everybody yes. sees red-tailed hawks mm-hmm. everywhere, everywhere. But as in all things in Berks County birding history, the first nesting record in the 20th century you, it's, this is hard to believe, but the first nesting record in the 20th century for the red-tailed hawk didn't occur until 1975, when Bob Cook found a nest down, down near Hopewell. Uh, and before that, because they are so conspicuous, everybody sees red-tailed hawks, but before they were protected, you know, they were the most conspic- conspicuous hawk in the landscape, and therefore the most conspicuous target on the landscape. Yes, yes. And they were really heavily uh decimated and you know we we think about the um you know the the hawk flights along the kittatinny ridge and hawk mountain where you know the, the raptors were shot but we sort of don't think about the just the daily persecution of the hawks that used to That's take right. place That's right. um and it took a heavy heavy toll on the red-tailed hawks because you know once again they were so conspicuous and um they were they were out there and so they were an easy target and until the the hawk laws passed in the early 1970s. They were, you know, totally persecuted mm-hmm, throughout mm-hmm. the the history of throughout the last 
this is throughout three quarters of the 20th century. So that we can see why the, they didn't nest again in Berks County until 1975. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of all interesting stuff. So that's what I was doing this this past week was just sort of like looking at nesting records and seeing where things are going, things see where things have been, and one of the things that I knew you know in the back of my mind, but still. You know, the sharpshinned hawks really do nest, I won't say extensively, but there's a good oh, number yeah. of sharpshinned hawk nestings in Berks County, which I really wasn't thinking occurred here. I, I always thought of sharpshinned hawks as, as more northern nesters. So now that I'm thinking about nesting, now I'm thinking about all these species that nest here in Berks County. I think you have a good start on your atlas <laughs> work. I really do. So. <laughs> Keep well, it. I, I'm I'm going for the low hanging fruit, the stuff that's easy to see, easy <laughs> to find, you know, stuff that sits right out in front of my nose, right? well, rather than oh no, is that a worm eating warbler nesting <laughs> over there in that pit filled woodland on Mount Penn? Do I want to really go in there and look? <laughs> yes, Ugh. yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see as the, as the spring goes on what what, uh, what kind of nesting success I have. Well, good luck, my friend, and have a good week, Bill. You too. You take care. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is The Backyard. Good to have you with us today. 610-374-8800. Out of the area, toll-free, 888-401-0459. And those lines are open for you. You and you too. Well, let's see here. I have, uh, I checked the Middle Creek Wildlife Management Area website uh, the, uh, as of uh, yesterday, the 1st of March. Uh, they had 38,500 snow geese, 825 tundra swan, and over 1,400 Canada geese. Now, uh, will they still be there? It's hard to say with the rain today, uh, but with the warmer weather, they're they're headed north. There's no question. So, uh, just uh, you can check their the website for Middle Creek Wildlife Management Area, and uh, see the numbers. Or they have a camera, by the way, the live camera, which you can follow all around the lake uh, to give you some idea if the birds are are there. So. Right now, 38,500 snow geese as of yesterday at Middle Creek Wildlife Management Area. 610-374-8800, out of the area, toll free, 888-401-0459. Now, I asked you at the start of the show today to please get a pencil and paper because there seems to be an interest in the... uh, the annual migration of salamanders from woodlands to vernal pools. And I want to thank Lori and Carl uh, for giving me the information uh, that, that, that's available, and I have a website if you would like to help. Now, uh, the, I should say it's that time of year, same time to help them, you know, to get across the road safely. Spotted salamanders and the smaller four-toed salamanders do this on one or two evenings in late winter, and that means March, each year when the weather and temperatures are just right, and they are just right. 
Uh, French Creek State Park is one of the few places you and your children and grandchildren can see this happen. Now, if you would like to participate, if you want to find out more, you have to go to Sally Rally Volunteer at gmail.com. Now, it's S A L L Y Sally Rally R A L L Y Volunteer at gmail.com. Sally Rally Volunteer at gmail.com. They plan to run the operation before March 10th from 6 to 10 p.m. and after March 10th, 7 to 10 p.m. And you're welcome to participate if it's just for a portion of the evening. But if you want to see this, if you want to help, you can certainly do so by going to Sally Rally Volunteer at gmail.com. Sally Rally Volunteer at gmail.com. I'll keep that information handy in case uh, you missed it, but it is something we talked about it, I think, uh, two weeks ago, and also last week we hit upon it as well. So I wanted to pass that along to you this morning. And thanks again to Lori and Carl for uh, giving me all of the information. That's Sally Rally Volunteer at gmail.com. Right now it is uh, 19 minutes before 9. That's the good morning time right here in the backyard. And uh, let's say good morning to Avery down there in Douglasville, PA. Avery, how are you this morning? Oh, I'm fine, Jack. It may be raining out, but hearing your voice <laughs> makes it sunny. Well, you're I very kind. I have a question for you about the Bluebird Box. A woman called in. Uh, she said something about putting two holes in a bluebird box for ventilation and all. But wouldn't that make it easier for other predators to get into that? Well, you have to judge that because it also makes it easier for the bluebirds to get out, to have the entrance hole in the front and then another hole in the side. Oh, I see. Okay. I was visualizing it. Now I think hearing what you just said made it very clear to me. And I have another question for you. Are you born in May? Yes. I'm a May person, too. And uh, you're going to be 91. I'm going to be 88. <laughs> and uh, it's just good to know and to hear your voice every Saturday morning. And again, congratulations on all the years that you've spent making young people, old people, uh, just you make sunshine for the people. Well, you are more than kind, Avery, and I am very grateful for your words. Thank you. You're welcome. God bless you and your family. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is The Backyard. Uh, by the way, uh, Bill uh, this morning mentioned cemeteries. Cemeteries are absolutely great places to birdwatch. Uh, any, almost any cemetery. I don't know whether it's the uh, solitude or what it involves, but many cemeteries are uh, literally have trees everywhere, bushes, whatever it might be. But they really are an excellent place to uh, to bird watch. All righty, where are we here? We're right. Uh, we're right here. Good morning, George. How are you today? Good morning, there, Jack. How are you? Pretty good, thank you. Good to hear from you. I'm pretty good. Nice to talk to you. Hey, do you know uh, anything about foxes? If you can train them like a like a pet dog. 
it's illegal. Oh, it's illegal? Yes. And if you need more information on that, George, you can check with the Game Commission. Oh, okay. Now, I live uh, in Avondale, Southern Chester County, and I got about a quarter about a quarter acre of woods, and I got uh, there's a fox there and a deer and um, what else? Oh, an eagle. Good. And, gra- and groundhogs. I think that's a good selection. Yeah, it is. It's nice to uh, it's nice to see that it's nice to see that in this time of time of this season because uh, there's so much building going on down here. Oh, you know? Yeah, with houses, farms, getting rid of farms and putting in houses, housing development. Yeah, it's always they... good to see uh, like wild animals around. Absolutely, no question about it. And you hit the nail on the head when you said. The, the you know the growth of population and building really puts the uh, uh, puts the animals the creatures in other places. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Anyhow, that's what's going on down here in Avondale. And there's a I seen a a friend of mine saw an eagle too down here, a white-headed eagle. Bald-headed eagle. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And uh, there's a skunk that comes through every once in a while too. <laughs> yeah. I try I try to make him. Uh, Tell him to keep on, keep on getting up. You know, <laughs> don't hang around. Yeah, yeah. You, right. s- you stay clear of them. Just, just look at them from a distance. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you have a good program, man, Jack. God bless you. Bless you. P- glad you called. Thank you so much, George. Right, have a good weekend. Call Bye. again. Bye bye. This is the backyard, Avondale. I think that's the first caller from Avondale, PA. Uh, 15 minutes before the hour of 9 o'clock, we're in hour number one of The Backyard right here on WEEU, the voice of Burks and beyond. Okay, let's see. Rosemary is up next on the program. Good morning. How are you today, young lady? I'm good. I, I, uh, I don't think I'm that young anymore, but that's besides the point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's good to talk to you. Um, how common is it to see a pileated <clears throat> come in to your feeding station? Very uncommon, but it does happen, and we've had several reports on the program about the pileated visiting a, a bird feeder, visiting the suet. Well, we uh, we were just amazed when uh, we saw it out of our kitchen window, and uh, my husband had just put a fresh suet cake out, and um, uh, he really did a number on it. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he did. And, uh, he sure did. Uh, you could see the pieces flying around, <laughs> and um, it was really a wonderful sight. Uh, we hear a lot of them because we're up here at the mountain, mm-hmm. and um, but never had one come into our feeding station. So I was just wondering how common that is. Do you, do you live in a woodland or near the woodland? Well, we're at the bottom of the Blue Mountains up here. Okay, at okay. Chartlesville, mm-hmm. yeah. So we have a lot of trees all around us, you know. But uh, we hear a lot of them, you know, and uh, I saw one out back of our house in a tree, uh, which was wonderful, but never saw one come into the suet cake. That's great. So um, it was a beautiful sight. 
Indeed. I, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if it found the suet, it will come again. <laughs> well, I was watching for it. <laughs> I, I keep looking out my kitchen window, hoping we have an awful lot of other woodpeckers, you know, mm-hmm. all all kinds. But, um, but I'm going to keep uh, hoping he comes back to it. <laughs> yeah, they're kind so, of they're kind of secretive. I I don't know. I, I think they probably wait until just the perfect moment when maybe the other birds aren't involved of the other feeders, and they just uh-huh. pop in and get their their quick treat. Yeah, yeah. Well, they that it was a beautiful sight. It really was. I took pictures of it, but you know, I was uh, our window is like. 10, 12 feet, uh, you know, and from uh, inside the window, uh, the pictures really didn't, mm-hmm. they weren't very clear, you know. Uh, but uh, but I'll be watching for him That's again. <laughs> well, I thank you for sharing with us, too. I appreciate that. Yes, yes. I I certainly, I mean, you, you hear a lot of them. You can hear them mm-hmm. pecking away mm-hmm. out in all the trees uh, surrounding us, you know. But uh, never had one up that. It was like a front row seat. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> great. Is beautiful. So, um, okay, that's all I have. Well, uh, thanks to for sh- about today. Thanks for sharing, Rosemary. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jack. Have a good day. You too. Bye bye. This is the backyard right here on WEEU, the voice of Burks and beyond and let's see let's take care of some business now okay ralph shouldn't this water go down the drain faster it goes down eventually what's your hurry we're retired well if it backs up again i'm too old to swim to safety can i be of service when you're at your wit's end When stubborn clogged drains threaten to flood your cozy home and stink up your golden years, one man will be by your side, fighting for truth, justice, and one less problem to worry about. The H.L. Bowman Bowman. Are you the H.L. Bowman Bowman? I am, sir. And did you know that the drain experts at H.L. Bowman can have your drains flowing immediately, not eventually, and take another worrisome problem off your shoulders? Maybe then you wouldn't slouch so much. You look like an old man, Ralph. Again with the slouching. I hear you, pal. I tell you what, keep the arrow. Visit hlbowman.com. Terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for recurring automated marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Apply stop to opt out. Terms and conditions apply. Visit ISSA online for details. Tired of the 9 to 5 grind? Looking for something different that's flexible, fulfilling, and pays well? How'd you like to get paid to work out? Now you can with ISSA, the global leader in personal fitness certification. There's a huge demand for certified personal trainers right now. And once you get ISSA certified, they guarantee you'll get a job. Trainers can make as much as $200 an hour. Yes, I said $200 an hour. And with ISSA, you can be certified in as little as four weeks. Just text Bench to 323232 now to get started for free. You do everything at your own pace and 100% online. Pursue your passion in specializations like yoga, nutrition, or strength training. Live life on your terms. Get certified and train like you want. Start your own business, work at a gym, or make health and fitness your side hustle. Whatever works for you. Just don't wait. Get started today and be certified in as little as four weeks. Just text Bench to 323232 right now to get started for free. Text the word Bench to 323232. Text Bench to 323232. 
This is Tom Smith. And this is Mary Jo Smith of Thomas Smith Medicare Insurance Services. Will you be Medicare eligible or retiring soon and need Medicare? The process of choosing the right coverage can be very confusing. We are a father-daughter team that can guide you in choosing the proper plan that's specific to your needs. Our office represents all the top-rated programs available in our area, and Medicare is all we do. Call us at 610-779-7724. That's Thomas Smith Medicare Insurance Services in Exeter, where your best interest is our priority. Movies are bigger than ever at the RC Reading Movies 11 and IMAX, home of the only IMAX theater in the Reading area. This week, see the epic sequel we've all been waiting for, Dune Part 2, filmed in IMAX. Also playing The Chosen Season 4, Demon Slayer, Ordinary Angels, Drive-Away Dolls, and Bob Marley, One Love. The March IMAX educational series kicks off on Saturday with a beautiful planet 3D. Tickets are just $5. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest news, sweepstakes, and events. We return to Jack's Backyard. Here's your host, Jack Holcomb. Yes, that would be me, and uh, Sean sits across the way answering your calls on this uh, Saturday morning. And let's go right back to the phones and uh, where we were right there. And, uh, Joan, good morning. How are you? I'm well, thank you, Jack. How about yourself? Well, good. Thank you. Good to hear from you. Thank you. Good. Thank you. I just wanted to talk about Cooper's Hawk's Nest at my former residence. Three years in a row, a pair of Cooper's Hawks nested at my place, and it was the most valuable learning experience I ever had. The I never saw the Cooper's Hawks come to my feeders for food, but when their young left the nest, the immature, there were usually two, would actually lie on my tray feeder <laughs> and the songbirds would come in and feed with the <laughs> cooper's box on the feeder and the cooper's fox of course had to depend on mom and dad to do the catching but it was so interesting because the cooper's hawks would look at the blue jays and the cardinals and the different birds as if like mm, boy i hope mom gets me one of them <laughs> Um, it was so fabulous. And when they first left the nest, they had blue eyes. And I I searched and searched, and I finally found evidence that the immature Cooper's hawks can have blue eyes. Amazing. And the blue jays picked up the call of the Cooper's mm-hmm. hawk perfectly. And... Uh, I'd hear the Cooper's Hawk calling, and I'd think, well, now, which one is it? And then I'd wait, and the Blue Jay would come into the feeder, and he'd, as soon as he landed, he'd call as if he were a Cooper's Hawk. Oh, it was the most valuable learning experience ever, three years in a row. Oh, that's great. How long did the young actually come and rest on the feeders? Uh, probably about two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, so, they're so innocent and dumb. <laughs> they are. And like I said, they never kept the songbirds away from the feeder, and I never saw the adults come to my feeder. What I did see was the adults across the street, and they'd go from a wooded area, and then they'd fly real low across the field, and then, boom, up they'd go to the next wooded area. 
And I think that's where they did most of their hunting. I'm not sure, yeah. but I suspect that they did most of their hunting in the wooded areas. So they never they never hunted your feeders? Never. Mm-mm. That's amazing. That is while amazing. While they nested there. Now, in the winter, it was a different story. They'd raid the feeder, but not while they were nesting. They stayed away from the feeders. That's interesting. That's interesting. My mine's there all years. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I notice that you know he'll he'll sit on the bird or he or she will sit on the bird bath and uh, all the birds are gone, but then right. he then he'll bop, he'll bop down on the ground and then actually go in under the arborvitae and oh, yeah. looking I, for a bird. Yeah, they actually look up into the bush like come on down. <laughs> They're really interesting. I also found two nests at Blue Marsh, so I think they're really quite common. The only time I ever found a Sharpie nest was up uh, on State Game Lands 110. And I found that innocently. I wasn't even looking, but when I got close to it, the adults put up a terrible fuss. And I looked up, and there was a Sharpshoe nest. Uh, have you seen the Merlin at Blue Marsh? No, I saw it during the winter, but not very often okay. like other years. Because I know you used to mention that a lot, and I didn't know if it was uh, there this year or not. N- not very often, no. Yeah. Well, great talking with you, young lady, and thank you so much for that wonderful story. Thank you, Jack, and have a great day. You too, Joan. Bye. Thank you. Bye. This is Jack's Backyard. Let's see what the weatherman has to say. The Voice, 830 WEEU Weather. Here is the exclusive three-day AccuWeather forecast. Some rain and drizzle today, the high at 50. Areas of fog and cloudy tonight, low 43. Clouds tomorrow morning, some breaks of sun by the afternoon. The high tomorrow, 66. Monday, variable cloudiness, the high Monday afternoon, 63. This is Steve Williams reporting for News Talk 830 WEEU. Welcome back to Jack's Backyard on The Voice of Berks County, 8.30 a.m. W.E.E.U. Bob and Dave, I really don't have time to take a call from either one of you, so if you want to hold um, after Mike Slater joins us, which is a custom at 9.05, or you can call back after Mike is on the air. But I, I'm sorry I can't take your calls right now. I am running out of, uh, out of time. So uh, while I have that, uh, that few minutes, whatever it might be, uh, I want to thank you very much for all of the emails, and I want to thank uh, a couple of people. Richard, uh, thank you for the information you sent and the report of your uh, short-eared owls, and also uh, Brian, he had the report of uh, sh- short-eared owls, in addition uh, to the Sage Phoebe, which was up there in, uh, in Lancaster County, so... Thank you, one and all, for all of that uh, good stuff that you send that you send my way. Uh, do I have, I have time for this? Uh, congratulations uh, to Burke's Nature. Since 1974, Burke's Nature has been doing just that for people of Burke's County and the greater Schuylkill River watershed. Now, Burke's Nature announced that it was achieved national recognition, joining a network of over 450 accredited land trusts across the nation that have demonstrated their commitment to professional excellence and to maintaining the public's trust in their work. So congratulations to uh, Burke's Nature with that honor. Okay, 
We have news next. ABC has that for you right here on WEEU. Our number two follows the news. And naturalist Mike Slater will join us about 9.05 right here on this second day of March 2024. Jordan and other countries already airdropping supplies. President Biden saying innocent lives in Gaza are now on the line. At least 10 children in the Gaza Strip have starved to death and dozens more are suffering from acute malnutrition, according to the UN. Federal court in Arizona struck down part of a state law that requires citizens registering to vote to list, list their birthplace. A requirement to state birthplace to register to vote in Arizona passed as part of a bill violates federal law. According to a federal judge, prosecutors saying the ruling should provide a cautionary note to discourage states from imposing restrictions or burdensome proof of citizenship demands or requests for unnecessary information from voters before allowing them to register to vote. That's ABC's Alex Stone. Powerful winds in the forecast today in Texas, leading to fears the million-acre wildfire could get bigger. Governor Greg Abbott said the largest fire in the history of the state of Texas cut a path so large that it exceeds the size of some states in our country. Thousands of power outages across California and Nevada as a blizzard hits the area. The emergency services manager in Truckee, Robert Womack, says... Right now is a good time to not be on the roads. Because uh, there's going to come a point where even being in a car is going to be dangerous. And there's no word yet on changes to former President Trump's legal calendar after a conference in Florida on Friday over the scheduling of his classified documents trial and the hearing in Georgia over whether D.A. Fonnie Willis can stay on that case. You're listening to ABC News. Some days I cover up because of my moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Now I'm hitting the road with clearer skin thanks to Sky Rizzy, Rizm Kism of Rizza, a prescription only 150 milligram injection for adults who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy. With Sky Rizzy, three out of four people achieved 90% clearer skin at four months. And Sky Rizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Don't use if allergic to Sky Rizzi. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. Thanks to Sky Rizzi, there's nothing on my skin, and that means everything. doctor today about Sky Rizzi, the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis. And visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKY-RIZZY to learn more. 
A Colorado paramedic who gave Elijah McClain a dose of ketamine during his encounter with police in 2019, shortly before he died, was sentenced to five years in prison. Peter Shakuniak had been found guilty of criminally negligent homicide and second-degree assault. Before he was sentenced on Friday, Elijah McClain's mother, Shanine McClain, said, I have always looked at firefighters as local heroes until the day they assisted in murdering my son, Elijah McClain. Lawmakers in Oregon are changing course on the state's first-in-the-nation drug decriminalization policy. The Oregon State Legislature passing a bill to recriminalize the possession of small amounts of drugs like heroin and meth, making it a misdemeanor punishable by up to six months in jail. Republican State Senator Tim Canope on Friday. I think Oregon uh, did its job today to help save lives. Police will be able to confiscate drugs and crack down on their use. The course change comes after a decriminalization effort in 2020 didn't translate into improved care and the state began experiencing one of the nation's largest spikes in overdose deaths. Mark Remillard, ABC News. Praise for the Louisville Fire Company after they rescued a truck driver whose rig partially fell off a city's bridge after a crash. He was 70 feet in the air for 40 minutes until firefighter Bryce Carden propelled down to get her out. Thank God. That's what she kept saying. Thank God. And I, I told her, I said, just take a deep breath. I'm Brian Clark, ABC News. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Turn to Jack's Backyard. Here's your host, Jack Holcomb. Thank you very, very much, and good morning once again, everyone. Yours truly, Jack Holcomb, along with producer Sean Tansky, ready to listen to what you have to say today as we uh, brush up on more knowledge about Mother Nature. And uh, the best way to do that, actually, is to say a very good morning to Master Naturalist Mike Slater. Mike, good morning. How are you today? I'm good. I've I've dried off since I came in with, after getting the newspaper this morning. <laughs> yeah, really coming down now. Yeah, it's pouring right now. Big drops. So how are you today? Did you have a good week? Yeah, I had a pine siskin around most of the week, but it mostly comes, or two of them possibly, in the mornings. When it was really nice on Tuesday morning, there were two, at least two around, and I was hearing their bzeet, 
Z calls up in the trees, which is the first I've heard this winter. That's a call you should play for people sometime. The Pine Siskin, I will certainly do that. Thank yeah, you. I'll make a note. One. And I, that's one I found that Merlin often identifies by, by mistake. <laughs> it hears buzzy things like once I had a piece of plastic over a wood pile that was flapping a little in the wing and in the wind, and Merlin thought it was a pine siskin. So you have to trust your own ears sometimes, not just the electronics yet. Well, let's see. I've got a couple of questions for you. Uh, I understand that uh, uh, you're involved with the Philadelphia Flower Show. Yep, I was there yesterday. The question I have Back next week: How uh, how are they dealing with native plants? Um, it's up and down. How many exhibits focus on it? I haven't looked at all the main exhibits this year, especially the. Uh, educational ones from the local colleges and high schools. There's four or five of those. Um, they usually emphasize native plants more. Mm -hmm. um, there is one nice exhibit. My friend Sam Drogi from the native interagency native bee lab down in Maryland, it's the USGS and Fish and Wildlife Service. Um, they have an exhibit, and they're very definitely emphasizing native plants in their exhibit. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, as far as the others, I don't really know. Um, in the horticort where people enter plants to win ribbons and stuff, there's not a whole lot of native plant categories just because this is a time of year when native plants aren't blooming or looking particularly great. What's, is there a theme for this year's show? It's called United by Flowers. Uh-huh. So we, including the bees and butterflies, are all united by flowers. We all like them. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, other questions? Uh, the best time to put out hummingbird feeders? I always do it the last week of April now. Okay. used to do it the 1st of May, but the hummingbirds have been showing up the last week of April in the past couple weeks. Years, is, not is that is that weather a uh, factor a big one? If we have, for example, a, a very warm weeks prior to that, yeah, I'm I'm sure that weather makes a difference. Yeah, I I don't know how their timing's going to work out with things being in bloom. You know, if mm -hmm, they get mm -hmm. here too early, yeah. but. You know, but I've I've seen hummingbirds getting nectar all kind of all kind of flowers you don't think of as hummingbird flowers. I've even seen them going to garlic mustard flowers. Wow, Is which it, are tiny white flowers. Yeah. Is that because lack of uh, their their normal? It could be, or it could be they're just opportunistic. They'll check out anything, and they. It's a good survival skill, right? Mm -hmm, right. And uh, let's see here. Uh, I read this week, and I was kind of surprised because I hadn't heard it mentioned before, and, and that is that nighthawks are affected by West Nile. I hadn't heard that, but it doesn't surprise me that various birds are differently affected it's, by the diseases like West Nile. Um, we know that Titmice were in particular, I think chickadees to some extent, but titmice more, and young ruffed grouse. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know you've talked about that. The adults are apparently okay, but the newly hatched young have problems. So, uh, when I read that, I, I wondered, uh, are any of the birds immune to it? I'm sure there's some that show no effect, you know, that might get an yeah. infection but, you know, have no symptoms. 
but might still be able to pass it on. There's some that may be completely incompatible, but for the broad range of things that West Nile seems to affect, from birds to mammals, I think probably most birds can at least get it. Um, I guess bald eagles have been susceptible to it in some places, too. Yeah, someone, and I think Mary sent me a, a news, an article uh, earlier in the week or last week about uh, penguins being affected in, in the Antarctic. Yeah, I've, I saw that. It's just, well, we just, we humans do too much moving of things around the world. And every time we move something from place A or continent A to continent B, we're likely to take some unwanted hitchhikers along, whether it's a disease or a, a, a snail or a plant seed. The more things we move around, the more chances there are of something bad hitchhiking. Have you heard anything about uh, the butterfly population in Mexico this year? No, I haven't. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard anything about the monarch population. Now you mentioned that, that is unusual. Yeah, the, usually there's uh, some kind of reports because it isn't uh, <laughs> we don't have to wait too much longer for them to uh, to no. arrive. No, I was I have to go looking for that. I haven't heard anything. I have to do some googling of go to the Monarch Watch website places like that. So I guess you're all set for the birding atlas. Uh, you, did you hear? Well, no, there's lots to do. <laughs> I've been studying. I, I know I sent you the information yes. about the safe dates for mm. recording things. Yes. Um, to try to weed out things they have dates. So right now, um, not every bird can be reported as probable or should be. But confirmed, if you see it, some one of the things that counts as confirmed nesting, like laying eggs and that kind of thing. So you can report at any time, but only a few, like bald eagles and a few others. Like nighthaw- or um, woodcock singing now aren't mm-hmm. confirmed. It's just a possible or probable nesting if you see a, man, um, the flight of the woodcocks in the, at dusk. So you should probably wait until the save dates. And there's information about that on the various websites that the um, Bird Atlas Project yeah. has. Or someone, someone has a nice calculator website up. I think I sent you the link for that. If anyone's interested in that, they can email me at paplantings at gmail.com, and I can send them the link for looking up what's the save dates that we can presume that if a bird is singing on territory for seven days that it's really nesting. So you you have to do that. In other words, you have to check that seven days. That's that's one one of the codes. That's more. If you hear it once, that's a possible. Okay. But if you hear okay. it singing for seven days in the same spot, that's probable. Okay, gotcha. I'm glad there are some technical oriented people out there that can follow all of these rules. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, basically, it's just. They want the records during the period when they're pretty sure nesting will occur in Pennsylvania, and it's not a migrant. Like some things, like ducks pairing up and courting now, they do that long before they migrate sometimes. So that doesn't give us any information about what's happening in Pennsylvania as far as birds go. Well, we'll follow your advice, follow all of the things that you mentioned, and I appreciate the time, as always. All right. Take care, Jack. You too, Mike. Bye-bye. This is Jack's.
backyard. And uh, let's go 610-374-8800, in case I forgot to mention the phone numbers. 610-374-8800, out of the area, toll free, 888-401-0459. And whatever you do, whatever you do, don't forget weekdays right here on WEEU, beginning with mornings with Mike Keller and Bob McCool, 6 to 9, and then feedback with the knowledgeable Bill Saunders, 9 to noon, Dan Bongino, 12 to 3, and The Ramsey Show, 3 to 6. It's all for you right here on WEEU, the voice of Burks and beyond. All righty, let's go to another caller, and uh, let's say good morning to Bob. Bob, how are you in Spring Township today? I am great. How are you? Pretty good, thank you. Good to hear from you. Yeah, long-time listener, occasional caller. I'm glad for that. (laughs) Just wanted to let you know about a strange sharpshin I had in my backyard. Uh... He sat on the top of a wall looking at me for about five minutes and looked very normal. And then he turned around and looked the other way, and it looked like he had a pearl necklace. About a dozen white spots, a little smaller than a dime, arranged in a circle around his back. Hmm. And the butt on the bottom on the base of his tail was brighter than all the rest. Interesting. No, if you ever heard of a critter like that or not? Uh, it, 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 were the spots in the tail white as well? Yeah, it was white. They were all white, but yeah. the one on the tail was a little brighter than all of the rest of them. But it was a almost a perfect circle. <laughs> that's um, that's partial or imperfect albino. I don't know. I've seen splotchy ones, and I've seen ones without totally without a color, but I've never seen a pattern like that. I, I don't remember ever seeing it that. But that's, that's interesting, really interesting. Have you, have you seen this uh, hawk for, for a long time? Uh, just once. It was uh, two days ago. Uh, I see an occasional Sharpie back there, mm-hmm. but uh, this is the only one I've ever seen with that circle on his back. Well, that's... that's... Yeah, those are the things that make us wonder what Mother Nature is doing. <laughs> yeah, it was odd enough. I thought I'd let you know. Well, I appreciate that. We'll have to. We'll have to look to see if we. Well, I have. I have a sharp shin that visits the front yard or did uh, for a while. And I. I, uh, I. I don't recall seeing any white on it. You know, distinguishing white on it at all. Well, if he turns his back on you, look for a pearl necklace. I certainly will. <laughs> Thank you, Bob. Okay, thank you. Take care. Okay, you too. This is Jack's Backyard. Saturday mornings between Animal Radio and Classic Rock, which follows news at 10 right here on News Talk 8, no, on WEEU, Reading, the voice of Burks and beyond. I shall have that down probably in four or five years. All righty, let's say good morning to Dave, who is up next. Dave, how are you today? Oh, pretty good, Jack. Good to hear from you. Um, This past week, it was just one day, I thought I had two golden eagles flying here um, through the um, valley. Um, They weren't here very much. They were just kind of like 
I, w- I would say there was almost like on a migration because they were just kind of flying around, maybe looking for some food. And, and there were, but there were two of them, and they didn't have any of the markings of a of a bald eagle. No, no. And, and they were fairly good size. No, I was wondering if anybody else happened to see any golden. Not even the immature bald eagles. No. Okay. That's so. why I was looking for a, you know like the immature, and. Um, you know, and it was it was two of them, uh, both about the same size, and no white markings. I couldn't see; they didn't land or anything. I couldn't see the mm-hmm. the top of mm-hmm. them, just the wingspan. Yeah, they're they're huge birds, no doubt about that. Yeah. And we, we had reports of, of the birds wintering here. Uh, I don't know how many, uh, and occasionally they're seen, but not that often, Dave. Well, these were only here. I was out here cleaning up sticks and stuff in the field and I happened to see them you know flying overhead and uh, um, you know there was just like I say I would say maybe like looking for some food or something sure, sure. and then they disappeared and I never saw them again the rest of the week that's interesting because they were a pair probably and that, that's yeah. that's also very interesting it, it was it was looked to me like uh, a pair one was following father behind the other one the biggest one was out in the front, and uh, you know we have a number of uh, bald eagles. In fact, I've had them flying uh, right along the creek sometimes, mm-hmm. looking for fish or something. And uh, but these these didn't have any markings like it. And and uh, and like I say, they were just here. Well, they, they weren't. I don't even know. I can't say they were really here for a day. We've had a lot of geese flying over yeah. at very high altitudes, and they're actually above. Uh, we, we've been having these low um, cloud cover, and they're they're above that, so they're migrating. As, uh, snow geese as well as Canada's. Uh, you can't even see them. You just you they're can just, just hear them honking and and flying above the clouds. Yeah. Well, that's not above, you know, some sure, of the other sure. clouds, but we have this misty, snowy, or not snowy, but uh, rainy weather here the last couple of days, and uh, they were flying well above that. Well, it's a great sound to hear, and can yeah. you tell the difference between the two? No, I would have said that it was just uh, the Canadian. Mm-hmm. Uh, they sounded like just the Canadian going, you know, how they, the noise they make when they're flying and, yeah. and at higher altitudes. Well, that's a good report, especially with those golden eagles. That's a first. Appreciate it, Dave. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. You have a good day. You too. Thanks again. Jack's Backyard, that's us. And it's good to have your company today as those telephone lines are open. 610-374-8800. Out of the area. Toll free. 888-401-0459. When it comes to addiction, every second counts. Today, there's hope. Berks County residents have access to free Narcan and safe, affordable options for drug and alcohol treatment. Order an opioid overdose reversal kit, find treatment, or learn more by visiting the Council on Chemical Abuse website, cocaburks.org slash hope. That's C-O-C-A burks.org slash hope for more information. Or call 610-376-376. 8669 to learn more. Paid for with Pennsylvania taxpayer dollars. Looking for fresh meats and produce? A quick meal on the go? Unique handmade gifts? Or just looking to meet a friend for breakfast? 
look no further than Shillington Farmers Market. With over 25 local vendors who love to serve their community. Visit ShillingtonFarmersMarket.com or follow them on Instagram and Facebook for weekly specials, events, and more. Shillington Farmers Market, big enough to serve you, small enough to know you. Open Thursday through Saturday at 10 South Summit Avenue, Shillington. If you or a loved one needs estate planning or may require nursing home care, call Scott Painter, your hometown attorney. Scott is a certified elder law attorney serving all of Berks County from his office at 906 Penn Avenue in Wyomissing. He handles every aspect of elder law. Mention WEEU and he will provide you with a $50 credit. To see how you can protect and plan your estate, call Scott Painter at 610-378-5140. Bad hair day? Bad day at the office? Bad day behind the wheel? Hey, stuff happens, even to the best of us. At least your car insurance rate doesn't have to take a hit. Get Erie Rate Lock from Erie Insurance. Gives you a great rate that stays put until you change a car, driver, or your address. Plus, seriously good service. Now that's something to smile about. Your Erie agent in Reading and Hamburg is Cross Keys Insurance. Get a quote at 610-916-6190. Erie Rate Lock does not guarantee continued insurance coverage and is not available in all states. Hi, I'm Terry Sinelli, proud longtime resident of Berks County. I'm thrilled to introduce you to the residents of Village Greens, our brand new senior living community opening this summer with 131 state-of-the-art apartments offering independent living, personal care, and memory care. We're dedicated to providing vibrant senior living and the best team of caregivers in Berks County. Visit our Welcome Center at the intersection of Penn Avenue and Broad Street in Sinking Spring or visit the residents at villagegreens.com. Historical weather on this day, March 2nd, 1846. A huge storm struck the South and North Carolina areas as well as Virginia on this day in 1846. Historical records say 50 families and 1,000 cattle on Knott's Island drowned in the event and caused a very large, for the time, half million dollars in damage. Historical weather on this day researches multiple weather sources for our segment and is an educational community service production of Monsoon Mike's Weather. The Voice, 830 WEEU Weather. Here is the exclusive three-day AccuWeather forecast. Some rain and drizzle today, the high at 50. Areas of fog and cloudy tonight, low 43. Clouds tomorrow morning, some breaks of sun by the afternoon. The high tomorrow, 66. Monday, variable cloudiness, the high Monday afternoon, 63. This is Steve Williams reporting for News Talk 830 WEEU. Welcome back to Jack's Backyard on The Voice of Berks County, 8.30 a.m. W.E.E.U. And right now, 42 degrees warming up, 42 degrees outside your AccuWeather station, W.E.E.U., The Voice of Berks and beyond. Don't forget, we've got Phillies-Yankees baseball this afternoon at 1 o'clock, and then tomorrow afternoon, Sixers and Mavericks. It's all for you, your sports leader. That just happens to be WEEU. And don't forget uh, high school basketball, the best around Rich Scarcella and Bob McCool. There, that's what a team that is. Uh, the coverage presented by Cross Keys Insurance. So uh, stay tuned for the state playoffs. We're into the state playoffs right now. Okay, this is the backyard and... Uh, Let's go to Boyertown and say good morning to Marsha. Hi, Marsha. How are you? Good morning. I am well. Um, originally, my my reason for calling was about Woodcocks, but I have to add a comment after Mike Slater spoke about the uh, West Nile not, um, virus 
and how, you know, we move animals around too much. In November, Kenny and I had the opportunity to go to Iceland. And while we were there, we saw the horses that are native to Iceland, the horses that were brought originally by the Vikings. And we were told that there is no other breed of horse that is allowed on the island. And should one of the horses from Iceland be taken off the island, they are not allowed to be returned. And the same way with the sheep, there is one breed of sheep and there is no other breed that is allowed on the island. That's interesting. So his, yeah. So it was, uh, when, he, when he was speaking, I went, oh, that's what's happening in Iceland as far as protecting the, the native horses and the sheep that they use for wool. But, you know, I won't call them wild, but uh, yeah, yeah. they're the sheep they're raising. Are the uh, are the horses exactly like the ones we have here, or do they... Oh, are they... no. You should, you should look it up online sometime. I would say they are more like large ponies. Okay. Um, we had the opportunity to stop along the road where there were some close to the road, and it was a... They, those were fenced in. Um, and you could feed them, and they came up to the the t- like the top of the men's shoulders if they were average sized mm-hmm, men, mm-hmm. short legs, stocky, but their manes are silky as can be. It was uh, it was really a treat to see them up close. Fascinating. And the sheep are barrel shaped, I would say, with short little legs, okay. um, not like some of the tall breeds that we see here in the United States. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fascinating. That's great. Thank you for sharing that, Marsha. Sure. So after the caller last week called about woodcocks and about finding them after dusk and uh, doing their mating, I've been semi-obsessed with woodcocks, and I've been online searching and just finding out all kinds of things about them. And although we've been to blue marsh we're always on the 183 side we've been to the to the basin we've crossed the bridge there we've been where they put the boats in mm-hmm. swimming mm-hmm. but we've never ventured to the the west side and i think that's where the caller said the woodcocks were located however there are over 2000 acres <laughs> blue <marsh. laughs> it's like a shot in the dark so i was wondering whether if the caller hears it, could call back and, and give us a road name uh, or something like that that might help us. Because we did go on Sunday night. We were on Old Church Road and we were on Lake Road. Um, we stopped in a parking lot close to the <clears throat> Blue Marsh Dam itself, but we didn't see or hear anything. And I would love to be able to um, see these these birds yeah. with my own eyes because I've watched them on um the Cornell site, mm-hmm. and I've been checking eBird and things like that. My other question is, are they are they breeding territorial? Um, like if if you have an area that sounds like it might be something that they would uh, bird in, it talks about the underbrush and it talks about the new forest and about being maybe close to a place where it's swampy. Uh, is there a chance of seeing them, or are they really 
at Blue Marsh or Middle Creek or French Creek? Well, they're, they're, they're definitely at Middle Creek. I know that. And uh, certainly at Blue Marsh. They, uh, they're very secretive, number one, if you don't catch them doing their mating procedure that you want to see or hear. Uh, they're, they're, they're very, I, as I mentioned last week, I almost stepped on one in the woodland near, near, near a stream. Um, there was, the, the bird was on the nest and it's, it's very, uh, they're very hard to find. I, I don't know. Uh, we have some nesting here, but a lot of them move north. Okay. Yep. So well, that was that's my request. If the if the caller is from last week is listening and wouldn't mind sharing uh, a road name, it might help us whittle down the two thousand acres <laughs> to go looking for woodcock. I, I hope I hope he does call. And I I uh, if I I tried to remember when I got your email and I I didn't. Um, my memory isn't that great anymore. So. Uh, I, I I couldn't give you the exact dates. I remember Church Road was one, but I don't remember oh, the okay. other one. Yeah, I don't remember okay. the other well, one. Then we were maybe close, but they weren't, <laughs> they weren't mating on Sunday night anyway. Well, good luck. We All right. Thanks so much, Jack. Thank Take you. Care. You too. Bye-bye. This is Jack's Backyard, and I am certainly glad you're along with us today. Okay. Uh, Let's. Where am I here? Okay, let's say good morning to Neil. Are you there? Good morning. Good morning, Jack. How are you? Well, I'm not too bad, thank you. Today, and I hope you are well as as well as well as well. well every time I get to listen, I uh, tune in and I enjoy your program a lot. Thank and you. I I get outside a lot and observe the birds whenever I can, just doing chores and such. So. A few things that I saw last year, which uh, probably aren't that uncommon, but I remember seeing a red-winged blackbird harassing a great blue heron. <laughs> great. What a sight. I'm kind of curious. There was no trees nearby, but uh, I guess they were invading each other's territory. Yeah, I, I, they certainly don't have too much in common. No, they don't. But it was just fluttering over the heron's head, diving at it, and uh, it didn't look uh, very amusing to the heron. No, I can imagine. I also uh, saw a hummingbird uh, came down close to my shoulder, and it observed the red lens of the truck. Uh, rear view and the sun was hitting them the glass and reflecting so brightly the hummingbird came down as if it thought it was a feeder <laughs> that's probably and, right uh, that's probably right on it uh it didn't even uh, notice me or acknowledge me it just stared at the reflector for so long and then flew away yeah looking and wondering what is that big flower yeah, true. <laughs> That's great. We we do see a lot of eagles because I live along the Peckway Creek. It's a tributary to uh, the Susquehanna. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, they come and go, it seems like, uh, 
different times of year, but back in February, I observed a few along the creek and a pair were sticking close together. A third one had flew off and then the two flew to a higher elevation on the property here and they consummated. Ah. And I was really thrilled to see that. I thought that's probably not observed by many people. Absolutely. And my neighbor was watching with me. Absolutely not. A rare sight indeed. So uh, I was really happy to uh, see that to start the new year and uh, <laughs> thought more good things will come. Uh, perhaps a good sign. No question about that, Neil. I do feed the birds, but with the feral cats and uh, the squirrels, I just ended up scattering seed on the ground, and everybody can have at it then, and no one really dominates. Not even the squirrels? They seem to eat side by side. Well, that's good. That's good. Sometimes the blue jays get a little aggressive. <laughs> oh, that's but I a... seldom buy... I seldom buy anything but sunflower seed, but I bought this Eastern mix, which I wasn't familiar with, but mm -hmm. it has dried fruit in it and a lot of cracked sunflower. It seems like the birds really like it. Oh, yes. That, that's a treat and a half. Absolutely. Well, that's a good report. Well, I, appreciate, I appreciate your listening. Anytime, Neil, anytime. Give us a call again when something pops into your yard. Okay, I'll do that. Okay, stay well. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. This is Jack's Backyard. And all of a sudden, Andy, whoops, pressed the wrong one. I'm sorry. All right, let's go here. Andy, are you there? I am there. Yes. Oh, thank you so much for calling. You're going to put a smile on Marsha's face. I heard I was requested to call back in, so I quickly dialed up and thought, oh, I got some woodcock information. Okay. All right. So on the east side of uh, Blue Marsh, there's really three things woodcocks need. It's about an acre of, of open field with open sky. They need woodland, and then they need wetland nearby. And on the east side of Blue Marsh, kind of uh, Snyder School Road where it crosses the Licking Creek. That would be a good spot for woodcocks. All three elements are there. It's also very quiet back there, so there's no road noise. I know where and you mean. Yeah, yep, it's a great spot. There's a two parking areas there, and you can actually walk back to a, a pond that's, oh, maybe an eighth of a mile back. You can find that on Google Maps. Pretty obvious back there. And then on the west side of Blue Marsh, my go-to spot is just a road, J-U-S-T-A road. It's off Brownsville Road. And uh, just a road is a dead end. That uh, the, the terminus is a parking lot for State Game Lands 280, and you just need to hang out near that parking lot, and you'll start to hear them. Okay. And so you don't have to actually go very far once you park the car. I, I park the car and just hang out at the back of the truck and, and listen right from there. Yep. So we have uh, Snyder School Road and uh, just, uh, just a Road, uh, which is off the Brownsville? Off, yep, it's off Brownsville Road. Brownsville Road, okay. Yep, so, yep it's the western, western edge of the, the Blue Marsh property and the state game lands. I thank you so much for being uh, the helping hand this morning, young man. Yep. 
And, and I would encourage everyone, because this is a species that's not often seen or heard by many people because the time it comes through, if, if they have an eBird account, please record them. And if they don't have an eBird account, create one and record them. That, uh, that data to know where they are and when they are is super valuable. That's great stuff. I'm glad you mentioned that. Thank you so much, young man. All right, Jack. Well, enjoy this uh, this rainy Friday. I'm headed up to uh, to Hawk Mountain today, so I don't know exactly what I'll get into there, but I'm sure it will be fun. Yes, you will. Take good care, Andy. All right. Talk but, to you later. Okay. Bye-bye. This is the backyard, and I'm glad. You make good company, and I do appreciate that. Terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for recurring automated marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Apply stop to opt out. Terms and conditions apply. Visit ISSA online for details. Tired of the 9 to 5 grind? Looking for something different that's flexible, fulfilling, and pays well? How'd you like to get paid to work out? Now you can with ISSA, the global leader in personal fitness certification. There's a huge demand for certified personal trainers right now. And once you get ISSA certified, they guarantee you'll get a job. Trainers can make as much as $200 an hour. Yes, I said $200 an hour. And with ISSA, you can be certified in as little as four weeks. Just text Bench to 323232 now to get started for free. You do everything at your own pace and 100% online. Pursue your passion in specializations like yoga, nutrition, or strength training. Live life on your terms. Get certified and train like you want. Start your own business, work at a gym, or make health and fitness your side hustle. Whatever works for you. Just don't wait. Get started today and be certified in as little as four weeks. Just text Bench to 323232 right now to get started for free. Text the word Bench to 323232. Text Bench to 323232. Are you feeling hungry? Then come to Why I'm Missing Bakery and Restaurant for breakfast or lunch. The best bakery and buffet in Berks County. With fresh fried chicken to homemade donuts, they got you covered. And you can even order off the menu. Everything is fresh, never frozen, and always homemade from scratch. The Why I'm Missing Restaurant and Bakery is open daily from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. For the full menu and specials, go to whyimmissingrestaurantandbakery.com. Get your feast on today, located at 1245 Penn Avenue in Why I'm Missing. This is Dr. Angstad of Angstad Family Dental. Do you need a new smile? We've been creating new smiles for over 30 years with the latest in all ceramic, no metal fillings, crowns, and veneers. We make it easy to smile again, and our logo says it all. Angstad Family Dental, tomorrow's dentistry today. Come in and leave with a smile. Angstad Family Dental. Mama, what does the chicken say? Uh, dog, cat, giraffe. Giraffe, really? Giraffe, uh, giraffe. You're not going to get it all right. Just make sure you nail the big stuff, like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Get it right. Visit NHTSA.gov. Slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Imagine a world where animals and humans coexist in harmony, where wild animals thrive, habitats are protected, and marginalized communities are empowered. At International Animal Rescue, this is our vision. Our holistic, community-led projects not only rescue animals, but also protect and replenish precious habitats, creating a better future for us all. But we can't do this without you. Show your support now and help keep the wild, wild. Visit internationalanimalrescue.org. If you are buying or selling a home, contact REMAX real estate agent Phil Macaronis. With over 20 years of experience and a member of the REMAX Hall of Fame, Phil can help with either residential or commercial real estate sales. Visit buywithphil.com for more information.
Back to more of your calls on Jack's Backyard here on The Voice, 830 AM, WEEU. Yes, that would be a 610-374-8800. Out of the area, it is toll-free, 888-401-0459. And I'm glad you're aboard today, and there's a line open for you and uh, you too. But uh, let's see, right now it is... uh, Time to say good morning to, whoops, wrong one. All right, there we go. Time to say good morning to Matt. Matt, how are you today? Overly glad to be talking to you, Jack, as always. Well, thank you. Good to have you aboard. Double ditto. Now, you know the deer still have some antlers on. Some of them only one antler, but the antlers are still on. And I I don't know, Raybert's son comes up here in the hunter sheds, as they call it, antlers that mm-hmm. have, are on the ground. But he didn't find any, I don't think, this this time in the last week. So I guess the deer antlers are hanging on there. Uh, don't they get rid of them every year? Yes, they do. But this is kind of late in the year for them to be, I don't know, but at about this time, they start to shed. So, uh, and of course, the joke is, what do you call a deer with no eyes? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not going there. Okay, well, <laughs> the, the joke is no idea. That's correct, yes. You, right. um, that's the now, 14th oh, time you've mentioned that joke, by the way. Oh, well, <laughs> yes. Um, well, it can't be too funny. Now, I, oh, I've been seeing black-capped chickadees, slate-colored juncos, and uh, yesterday I saw a bluebird, and you know when they say bluebird of happiness? When you see, when I saw that bluebird, I suddenly felt very happy. And so I guess that's where the phrase came from. Well, you share that with many people who see bluebirds for the first time or have them on a regular basis. They, they have bluebird days, Matt, just like you. Oh, thanks, Jack. Well, have a great week. Talk to you next week. I hope so. Stay well. 10-4. This is Jack's Backyard. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm... Six ten three seven four eighty eight hundred out of the area. It is toll free eight 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 four zero one zero four five nine. And there are lines open for you, you, and uh, you too, on this uh, Saturday morning. In our conversation with Master Naturalist Mike Slater this morning at about nine oh six or so, uh, Mike was talking about a lone pine siskin that he had. Uh, He's had visiting in his yard, and he suggested that I play the call. So this is the song, or the call, that song actually, of the Pine Siskins. little critter.
And this is the call of the pine siskin. So there you have it, the song and the call of the uh, Pine Siskin. And as, as Mike mentioned, he has uh, one in his yard. And so he's uh, privy to that, uh, that particular call. I don't think I've ever heard a Pine Siskin call or song. I think I've seen them at the feeder, but I don't recall any vocalization, as it were. Well, let's see. Let's, uh, let's say... Good morning to Richard. Richard, how are you today? Great. I'm on this side of the grass. I'm able to get up and around and <laughs> eat and all the rest of the stuff. And how are you doing? About, just about the same as you. <laughs> okay. Now, just a quick one. It's, it's kind of on the lighter side, joke, fun, whatever you want to call it. I heard you guys talking about uh, the bluebirds. Now, there was an old song, and I'm sure you might have heard it in the past, about made a bluebird of happiness fly up your nose, may an elephant correct you with his toe. <laughs> I, that, that's a parody. Yes, I, as I recall, uh, I have heard that. <laughs> I thought that was funny when I was growing up in Brooklyn. We didn't have that much wildlife. Or, well, that kind of wildlife, natural wildlife. And I thought that thing was so funny. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember uh, if I ever heard that about the the elephant, that, I don't remember that part. Well, that stuck in my mind because the only elephant we seen or heard about in Brooklyn was at the uh, Prospect Park Zoo. How the heck is an elephant going to caress you with his toes? I mean, come on! <laughs> uh, it's it's good to have a smile on a rainy morning. You got to if you don't smile and laugh once in a while. You take it too seriously. I like that. Thank you for saying that, Richard. Thank you for your years of service and dedication. Well, you're welcome. You're welcome. A ray of sunshine sunshine into our lives. Thank you. Well, you're very kind. I appreciate that. Stay well, my friend. You do the same. Thank Thank you. Bye-bye. This is Jack's Backyard, 610-374-8800, out of the area, toll-free, 888-401. 0459. I would like to chat with you today, and you do have about 11 minutes or so. Well, let's make it about 10 minutes or so uh, to get through to us today. Well, my friend Bill uh, downstate in in Pennsylvania, I forget the location, sent me an interesting uh, website today, and it, 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 it tells me what squirrels and chipmunks do not like. And here I go. Do you have a pencil and paper, Andy? (laughs) Squirrels and chipmunks do not like citronella. They do not like predator's urine. They do not like peppermint. They do not like cayenne pepper. They do not like garlic. They do not like eucalyptus. They don't like castor oil. 
I didn't like castor oil as a child, I can tell you that. And uh, they, they don't like lavender, and they don't like red pepper. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. For all of you that don't like squirrels or chipmunks, you have a choice. Citronella, predator urine, peppermint, cayenne pepper, garlic, eucalyptus, castor oil, lavender, and red pepper. I, see, I, I knew you wanted to know that. I mean, I, just in the back of my mind, I wanted you to know that. 610-374-8800. Out of the area, toll-free, 888-401-0459. I want to thank uh, Teresa for sending this along. On uh, Saturday, we were driving near Adamstown. My husband and I saw a rookery in a tree along Route 7, uh, uh, along Route 272. It was on the left heading south across from Stoltzfus RV Sales. I saw a great blue heron fly away from one of the nests. And she goes on to say they have black crown night herons up there, the rookery at Ephrata Hospital. But uh, she said, I had never heard of this one. I, I wasn't aware of the one that you mentioned uh, near Adamstown, Teresa, but I thank you so much for, uh, for sending that along. Uh, there were a number of, of great blue heron rookeries. There was one at Middle Creek. Uh, there was one off uh, State Hill Road years ago in back of uh, the, the senior care facility there way, way back. Uh, I, I, oh, but that's full of houses now, so I don't know if that's still there or not. But they, they have been here, and they are here, so... Okay. Uh, right now it's eight minutes before the hour of 10 o'clock. Uh, Sean, is that same Andy? Huh? Is, is that the same Andy? Uh, I'm not quite sure. Because they're only allowed one call per show. That's why I oh, this is Oh, this is Judy. Not oh, Andy. I'm sorry. Yeah, no problem. Oh, <laughs> it's my eyes. It's my eyes, Sean. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm sorry. All righty. I thought it was Andy again, but it's Judy. Judy, 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 how are you this morning? I'm fine. I'm glad to hear that you're doing great, too. I'm working on it. <laughs> you and me both. Okay, I wanted to tell you that uh, three weeks ago, my red-winged blackbirds have been at the feeder. Very good. So I was very happy to see them. And I still have the juncos and the tip mice, um, the woodpeckers, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I always, when I, when I used to get out a lot, I always thought that the red-winged blackbirds were the first sign of spring uh, rather than the robins. But uh, because we have robins here all year now, and now we have uh, red-winged blackbirds here all year as well. Yeah, I didn't see them at all over the winter, but then three weeks ago, um, a male and a female were at the feeder, and then I saw the other ones up in the tree. Well, so you welcomed them. Do they? They did. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> were they noisy? No, actually, no. I didn't hear them call. Well, as long as you saw them, that's the main thing. Yes. 
Okay. Yes, and they were only maybe about 10 feet away from me. Oh, that's great. So are they regular visitors now or just that one day? No, they're regular. Oh, good. We'll see if they stay very long. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. <laughs> well, thanks for the report. I appreciate that. Okay, Jack, you have a good one. You too, Judy. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'm sorry I did not mention that to Sean, and I apologize, Sean, for not mentioning the uh, one call per day. No, that's no problem, Jack. Not, no, not a problem okay. at all. Okay, uh, but I did now. <laughs> and also, when you call the program, focus on nature. That, that's another thing that I forget to mention from time to time. So there we are. Thank you for your help. No problem, that's Jack. Great. Anytime. Thank you. This is The Backyard. The Voice, 830 WEEU Weather. Here is the exclusive three-day AccuWeather forecast. Some rain and drizzle today, the high at 50. Areas of fog and cloudy tonight, low 43. Clouds tomorrow morning, some breaks of sun by the afternoon. The high tomorrow, 66. Monday, variable cloudiness. The high Monday afternoon, 63. This is Steve Williams reporting for News Talk 830 WEEU. We return to Jack's Backyard. Here's your host, Jack Holcomb. Yes, that would be me, and we're just about uh, out of time. But I wanted to mention again, and I had a request for this, the Cornell Lab Young Birders event for 2024 is accepting applications. And I would certainly hope that there are some folks out there, some youngsters that would really like to expand their knowledge of birds and bird behavior, ornithology in general. The Young Birders event at Cornell in Ithaca is the June 27th through the 30th. And uh, the four-day event aims to bring together teenagers with a passion for birds and an interest in pursuing a career that connects with birds. And to find out more, you can just go to birds.edu, birds at cornell.edu, and you'll find that on their uh, their website. So for all the young birders, that's a great opportunity for you to uh, learn just a little bit more from from the experts. And also, don't forget, as I mentioned last week, join a bird club. You'd be surprised. The information that's there for you, and it's free of charge. So go to your local bird club, and they're welcome. Their programs are free, and you can learn so very much. So I hope you'll do that. Okay? Thank you very much. And thanks for all the calls today. We really had a busy show today, and I am grateful for every single caller And uh, do hope that those that didn't get on the program will have the opportunity uh, next week when we gather once again, uh, following, of course, the animal radio and right up until uh, Classic Rock, which follows the news, which is coming up from ABC. My email address again is jkhbird at aol.com, jkhbird at aol.com. And the postal address is Jack's Backyard, W-E-E-U, 34 North 4th Street, Reading, Pennsylvania, 19601. I certainly am trying to respond to every single postal note, card, whatever I may get in the mail, and also the emails which come my way. And I have said at the start of the program and often neglect to thank you all for the great photos that you send my way, and videos as well. Uh, I'm 
still blown away by the expertise that you show, either with a camera or now it's uh, with your phones. Uh, you share with me, and I am, am most grateful. Bird at AOL.com. I guess I probably answer about 98.5% um, of all of the, uh, the emails. I th somewhere in that neck of the woods, I think, somewhere. Oh, I thought they forgot to come in, but there they are. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, our thought for the day comes from Helen Keller, who said, To me, a lush carpet of pine needles or spongy grass is more welcome than the most luxurious Persian rug. Helen Keller. Poor producer, Sean Tansky. Yours truly, Jack Holcomb, thank you for joining us today in the backyard. We hope you'll do the same thing next week. In the meantime, go do a little research, do a little searching. Go out and see what nature holds for you. And by the way, make sure you start with a bluebird day, okay? and beyond.